0: Hey, how's it going guys? We got another episode today as we push towards episode number 50. Again, I just want to, I always want to start my episodes with thanking my listeners, thanking people who have supported me over the last several months and who have been advocates for my business, advocates for me. Really appreciate it. Uh, Did not get two episodes out last, last week like I normally do only because we had a really, really busy week. And, uh, this week we're back in the swing of things. And I, I, there's an episode I've been wanting to make for a while. And, uh, I, I, I don't know how much you may have listened to the show before, but if you've never met me, my name is Blake Benz and I run a coaching company called good advice. And it's, it's all rooted in, you know, the whole reason I put this company together is because it's all rooted in my passion in life and my purpose in life. And, you know, it, it it when we talk passion and purpose, people sometimes are kind of like, "Okay, where are we going with this? What's what are we getting into here?" And and I've been thinking a lot lately about this topic because I have found myself on some days feeling really low and other days feeling, you know, cloud nine, I'm going to change the world type of person. And I've been thinking this through quite a bit and thinking about, you know, what what are the things that make me unhappy in life? And, you know, I don't know, you know, if you're listening, I don't, I don't know where you are in your life. If you were to take stock of your circumstances, if you were to, I don't know, put like a, a one to 10 rating meter on your happiness in life and maybe the happiness of your circumstances, would it be a 10 or would it be a one? Or would you be, you know, would you be on that 10 side where maybe it's like a seven or an eight? Or would you, you know what, it's I at least have my health, but things aren't going so well, so I'd put it down at a two or a three. I you know, I don't know where you are in that ratio, but for me, I was thinking through, you know, what are what are the things that that cause me to oscillate between that one to ten ranking? You know, what are the things that what are the things that happen that make me feel like, you know, a 3 on 1 day and maybe a 6 or a 7 on another day or or what are the components in my life? What are the when I think about like a season of my life where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is a 10 or heck, this is an 11," and I feel totally in rhythm, I feel in sync, in sync. You know, what are the circumstances that make me feel that way? And I was kind of processing this and thinking about, you know, what what is it? You know, what's the, what's the recipe? What are the, what are the ingredients that make me? And, and, and I, and you know, it's, it's funny cause you can get on social media and there's no shortage of people who have, you know, they're posting inspirational quotes. You know, they're even like putting videos out there. They're saying, Hey, be the best you, you know, you're, you're capable of so much. And they're, 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 uh, you know, they're, they're they're giving out so much optimism and encouragement and those things are all great. I, I don't have any problem with that. In fact, there's people who have become extremely successful life coaches where, you know, you, you listen to 15 minutes of Tony Robbins and it's like, oh my gosh, I can just go run through a wall now. Well, beyond just like the external encouragement out there, I was thinking through, you know, what are the things – Internal to me, like within my own home, that make me feel really happy in life. And I was processing this because you know it's summertime, we're in summer swing, and people are traveling, people are on vacation. And Joy and I, we already did our vacation, went to Germany in May, and we're just working through the summer. And I'm I'm noticing that the business has really slowed down in the summertime as people are out and about. so I found myself uh, really kind of processing my own happiness and my own fulfillment. And it, it's got me on this topic of my purpose in life. And here's what I want to share with you today. I, when I think about those ingredients that put me you know, all the way up to a 10 or all the way down to a 1, I, I can tell you what, there's things that will move the needle just a little bit, but ultimately don't dictate my joyfulness in life or my contentment in life. And here's what I mean by this. The amount of money I have or don't have doesn't determine my perception of happiness or my fulfillment in life. You know, I love that I am healthy, but even my healthiness does not dictate my fulfillment in life. My, and this is kind of crazy to say, my marriage doesn't dictate my fulfillment in life. And and I'll even pause here for a second, because uh, you know, before some of you call my wife and say, Can you believe what he said on his podcast? I love Joy. Joy is amazing. She is the most incredible person I know easily. I mean, she has so much integrity, so much character, she's so fun, so kind, just this really phenomenal person. But I'm not dependent on her for my fulfillment in life. And I think many relationships go to die because one person expects that from someone else. And actually this weekend I was reading such a random quote. And I was reading a random quote from Will Smith who was talking about you know, when we got married, him and his wife, when we got married, we thought that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I need to make you happy and you need to make me happy. But the problem is you get into all these issues of selfishness where now I'm not happy because of what you did. And until you change this, I will not be happy. And it's it's narcissistic. It's selfish. It's, it's, it's very uh, inwardly focused of what have you done for me and instead it's you take two people a successful marriage is you take two people who are independently happy and together they complement one another you know my weaknesses joy's joy has strengths that complement me things she's not good at i have strengths that complement her you know i'm i'm not very uh i don't want to say i'm not very kind i think i'm a kind person but i can be a little abrasive. Sometimes I can be a little cut and dry. This is how it is. And so joy will do a great job of saying, Hey, maybe you can dial that down a little bit. You know, Hey, that email you're going to send, maybe you need to, maybe you need to put like an emoji in there. I don't know. I mean, you need to let's, let's make it a little bit kinder to this person so they don't misunderstand what you're saying. And on the flip side, she might, you know, get talk to maybe one of her customers, and she has to have a really forward conversation. And she might say, "Hey, Blake, give me some help on how I need to word this. How do I be direct without being totally ambiguous? Of I don't even know what this person's saying." So we compliment each other, but we're not reliant on the other person for each other's happiness. And so that's that's my soapbox on marriage. But but also it's it goes back to what I was saying. You know, my fulfillment in life is not based on how her and I are doing. Now, does that help? Absolutely. When we're, when we're in like full rhythm of our marriage, absolutely. It's easier to be happy. So it's not money. It's not health. It's not my spouse. It's not the home I live in. It's not the stuff I have. It's not It's not the place I live, although Northwest Arkansas is amazing. And if you haven't come here, you need to. It's incredible. None of those things make me happy in life. The thing that I keep coming back to when it comes down to my fulfillment in life, the thing that fills me up to my core is my purpose in life. And I want to park here because... I talk to a lot of people who they don't know their purpose in life. They don't know their mission in life. They don't know their long term end goal that their mission is driving them to. And although they would not call themselves aimless, they're aimless. It's, yeah, I guess I'll go do this job, or yeah, I guess I'll go try this. In fact, it's, it's part of the reason why millennials change jobs. I think it was the LinkedIn study that said they'll change, seven, they'll change jobs seven times in a 12-year span, and it's because people are seeking that fulfillment. They're seeking, how do I make myself feel like what I do matters? What I do is important. What I do is meaningful, And it's a little bit cart before the horse because it's, 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 it's like you're walking through like a, you're walking through like a forest blind and it's like, where am I going? Oh, that's a tree. Oh, don't like that. I guess I'll go this way. And you really don't know where you are in the woods. You don't know where you're headed. You don't really know what you're doing. And in the absence of that purpose. Your life is really meaningless. It's aimless. It's directionless. You're 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 chasing the high of fulfillment instead of looking for what in my foundation is what makes me happy in life. And, and and let me let me break this down even more for you. Whenever I was in college, I was sitting in a car with a friend of mine, He's my best friend, his name was also Blake, of of all other names out there. So we both both of our names were Blake. And we're sitting in this car and we're just talking. And we I think we grabbed some Taco Bell or I don't know, whatever, like the college, (laughs) whatever was like, you know, prime college food. I think we had picked up Taco Bell and we're sitting in the car and we're just talking about life. You know, we're just, we're just kicking it. We're just talking and we're just, we're just thinking about like big important stuff. And he says, he asked a question, something like, you know, what makes you happy in life? And before he asked this question, he had told me he was thinking about doing something. I, I can't remember if he was like applying for a job or if he was thinking about moving. So I, I don't remember the details. I just remember turning to him and being like, man, you're so gifted. You're so talented. Man, Blake, I believe in you. Man, I res- I respect you. I admire you. Here, here's all the things that, man, I love about you. You know, This is how your your personality fits well with different possible uh uh, careers and how you mesh well with different people. And I was just, I was just encouraging the guy, you know, I just was trying to, I saw someone who was not insecure, but was hesitant on an opportunity. And I saw an opportunity to him to say, man, you can do it. I believe in you, that, you know, you can make that happen. And so I said all these encouraging things to him. And then, you know, a few minutes go by and we change the subject. And he says back to me, he says, man, what do you, what do you see yourself doing down the road? And at the time when I was in college. I was a pre-med student and I had grown up every Thursday, I think at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, I think it was eight o'clock. Every Thursday at eight o'clock, I would watch ER with my mom uh, in our living room. And I I think it was on Thursday nights and we'd watch it every week and we were addicted to it. And we loved this show, loved watching it. And I kind of thought going into college, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to you know, I'm going to be like one of the guys in ER, I guess. I don't know. Because these these people were like heroes in my mind. Well, w- once I got into college, I realized these people, you know, <laughs> pre-med is not as sexy as Hollywood makes being a doctor seem. You know, there's a ton of debt. You know, there's a ton of money you put into it. It's a lot of school. And and it's also, I remember I was in, a, in an operating room when I was in college and there was like the smell of, of surgery, you know, as they're like cutting into this person. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going to make it. I can't even make it through this surgery. I don't want to do this. And so I'm having this conversation with Blake and he says, he says, man, what do you, what do you want to do with your life? Like, where do you see yourself going? And I said, it was so funny because at the time it made no sense, but I, I looked at him and I said, honestly, man, encouraging people is what I would love to do with my life. You know, what I just did with you for the last 10 minutes when I encouraged you, man, I said, you can do it. I said, that fulfills me. You know, seeing someone light up when I speak truth into them, when I say, man, you're capable of this, you can do this. I said, doing that for people and seeing them go on to be successful, that is what fulfills me in life. That's what makes me happiest in life because it makes me feel like I got to, I got to promote someone into something. No no matter how small the part may be, I got to help push someone into their gifting, into their calling, into their purpose now at the time, he was like, I think he maybe even said like, well, there's no such job as you know a professional encourager. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be great if someone could pay you a lot of money for that? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Well, at uh, as I got into my senior year of college, I realized I didn't want to be a doctor. But I thought about going to be a teacher and I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I'll go work with some students and I'll encourage them and I'll push them into being successful. And it wasn't just the encouragement piece, it wasn't just like the the you know the verbal side of it. I love the idea of I'm helping hold the ladder for someone else to climb up. I loved the idea. It was what a mentor had charged me with when I was young, when the my mentor had said, you know, this is what you need to do, this is what this is what matters in life is to hold the ladder. And so I thought, yeah, I want to do that for people. So I went. And I didn't just go to just like any school. I was like, I'm going to go to like the worst district and the worst school in the US. And I went to this school that Johns Hopkins had said was a dropout factory, was a terrible school. And there were all this data around how awful the school was. And it was on the brink of being shut down. And I was like, yeah, that's the school I'm going to go to. And it, it wasn't because I was thinking I wanted to like save anyone. It was just like, that's where I could probably do the best work, you know, where, where these kids need a positive influence. They need someone in their life who can say, man, you can do it. You can make it happen. And so Winton was a teacher and I was like, this must be my calling. This must be what I should be doing. Well, after a few years... It wasn't just the kids who I saw who needed that inspiration. It was the teachers too. And I saw teachers who were incredibly gifted who were quitting the teaching profession because they had really awful bosses, really terrible bosses who had manipulated them and who were toxic and who had taken advantage of them. And these bosses had totally killed the passion and inspiration in teachers who were incredibly gifted and i thought what a tragedy that someone who's whose gifting is with kids and education and yet they're going to walk outside of their calling because of someone who didn't nurture that and so that got me thinking well yeah maybe my purpose in life is going to be to you know like coach uh, coach teachers or to coach principals or something i don't know and so that brought me to northwest arkansas where i got into my doctoral program thinking i'd go be a superintendent somewhere Long story short, I ended up getting into business coaching. And now my purpose in life, and and here's kind of the fun part about this. My purpose in life, it's to hold the ladder for people to climb up. That is my mission in life. My goal in life is to make other people successful. And it's not always super encouraging. Sometimes I talk to people and their biggest problem is them. And what they need is to know that their biggest problem is them. And it's not like a – I don't mean it like in a judgmental way. I mean it's it's someone who's eagerly wanting to improve and yet they can't see their own blind spots that are keeping them from that success. And I, I have my own blind spots, right? I mean it's not like I figured it out. I have people in my own life who can say, Blake, you're missing it here. And so – it's not always super encouraging, but the concept remains true that my purpose in life is to hold the ladder for other people to climb up. And that is, that is, it's like my drug. It's like this thing that is so deeply inside of me that when I am not doing it, I'm depressed. And I think there's two key takeaways from this. I think the first one is when you understand your why, the what doesn't matter. And if you listen to the episode with Carrie Lingenfelter, I think it's episode number 43 and then also maybe 45, maybe 41, I can't remember. He does such a great job of articulating this in terms of business, where when a business understands its why, the what that it offers doesn't matter. And he talks about how Walgreens shifted from selling a soda fountain or being a soda fountain shop to being this pharmacy, and and it's because the what didn't really matter. It was the why. The why is what mattered. And so they were willing to pivot, whereas previous, you know, plenty of other companies went on to die because they couldn't pivot away from their what because the what is what was driving their business. The same thing is true about us as people. When we don't understand our why, we will jump from what to what to what? Trying to find the answer. And it makes me think all the way back to when I was, I think maybe I was in high school. I went to some, I think it was called men's fraternity. I I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was through our local church. My dad did it with me. Uh, And to this day, I love that my dad went through this with me because it was really an awesome bonding experience with him. Well, my dad did it through with me, and I remember the guy, it was so interesting because apparently this wasn't for like high school kids, this was for grown men. And so I come to this thing and there's tons of guys there, and they're they're all they're all well off into their careers, you know, adults, professionals, and I'm just this random high school student. And I remember the speaker got up on the microphone and he said, you know, here's the purpose of men's fraternities for men to come together and to sharpen one another and talk to one another. And this was through our church. And so there's obviously this, there's a spiritual religious component to it, but he said, you know, beyond, beyond just like the church side of it, he said, man, I, I want people who come here to find their purpose. And what stuck with me about this message was he talked about all the men in his life that he, cause I think he was like a professional counselor or maybe he was a pastor. I, I can't remember the, the details. But he talked about all the men in his life who were unhappy and unfulfilled, and who were having like midlife crises. You know, you know, you hit forty, and it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? And he said, you know, the reason someone falls into a midlife crisis is because they delay thinking and figuring out their purpose in life until they are well on into their forties or into their fifties. And so what happens is you get into your forties and your fifties, and you realize, well, what have I done with my life? Geez, like I'm. You know, I still got a lot of life to live, but I can see the goal line. I mean, what am I doing? Right. And so people, they have this sort of revelation of, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to live life. And that's someone who, who they have not found their purpose yet. And so now they're eagerly trying to find it, they're trying to discover it. And I also see it as a trap with uh, young entrepreneurs. I talk to 18, 19, 20 year olds who say, I just want to be an entrepreneur. Can you help me? What advice do you have for me as a young entrepreneur? I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss. All of those things are what's. They aren't a why. It isn't a why. It isn't something that explains the why. So I want to be an entrepreneur. Why? Because I want to, you know, until you figure out that answer, whatever you go out and do will never scratch that itch of what's inside of you it's 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 like um solving the symptoms without solving the inherent problem And it's kind of like, I think I've told the story before. It's like the guy I talked to who he said, man, I really need help getting my business launched and successful because I have to move out of my dad's house. I have to get out of my dad's house. I won't be happy until I'm out of my dad's house. He's controlling. He's hard to talk to. He makes me feel bad about my life and my circle. I need this business to be successful. And so, yeah, let's, we can make the business successful, but that relationship it's still going to be fractured. That relationship, it's still going to be tense. And until you solve those things, until you solve the the burdens that are on that relationship, a million dollars isn't going to fix that relationship. You know, the world's most successful business will not resolve it. Now, what it might do is it might give you an, an, an opportunity to avoid it, You know, if I'm a millionaire and I never have to talk to my dad or see my dad, it sure gives me a way to avoid it, but it doesn't resolve it for me. See, there's people in life who are trying to force the right circumstances without going back to the foundation of why do I exist in this life? Why am I a person who lives in, you know, whatever state you're in, whatever state of life you're in? Whatever mission you think you have, it's important to know it. It's important to to be grounded in it, because on your worst days, that is what will get you out of bed. It's kind of like I was I was talking to someone the other day, and I, I can't remember the all the. I'm so bad at telling these stories today because I keep saying I can't remember the details of it. But basically, this person had. Um, it was in pretty poor health and really had just gained a ton of weight and was just not doing well and was seeing a counselor and the, um, uh, the counselor, the therapist said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to go get a puppy. And the guy was like, uh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even want a puppy. Like why, why get a puppy? And he's like, just trust me, go get a puppy. So the guy goes on the way home, stops by the pound and or the animal shelter and uh finds this puppy and he says, Okay, yeah, I'll adopt this puppy. Well, what ends up happening is the puppy is this really energetic dog, and what happens is the puppy is like staring at him like, Hey, I wanna play, I wanna go outside, I wanna have fun. And so he feels this obligation of, Okay, yeah, I I guess I'll take you for a walk. I guess I'll, you know, let's let's go do this thing. And funny funnily enough, what ends up happening is he starts to create this habit of taking this puppy on a walk and you know helping it play and all this stuff and ends up losing weight where he had tried so many different weight loss programs previously and you know if you're overweight and you're listening to this I don't I don't know if buying a puppy will solve your problem but but the insight from this story is that when he stopped being selfish and thinking about himself and he started thinking about something else and he started prioritizing something else over him, that is when his happiness began to change. When his problems began to become milder. And for me on the days where I think, golly, how are we going to pay for that bill? Jeez. Or maybe I I have someone who I think is a great client and they say, Hey, we're going to go a different direction. Or hey, we we aren't going to work with you, or I, I, you know, wherever that conversation goes, where my business, the circumstances of the business, is not pinging, clicking, whatever, and I want to just lay in bed, you know, I'm I'm my own boss, so I can (laughs) I can lay in bed all day, and there's nothing you can do to stop me, you know, on the days where I want to feel depressed, what gets me out of bed is reminding myself. Someone else's problems are more important than mine. Someone else's issues are worth speaking encouragement into, are worth trying to resolve, are worth giving a perspective towards. And so what I try to do on my worst days is I try to find, I get on Reddit, I get on Facebook, I get wherever, I try to find someone who needs help and I give him help. And I say, hey, it may be someone who I know, it may be someone I don't know. And I might even say, hey, I know you don't know me, but here's what I would do, here's what you might wanna try. And I just try to make a difference because what that does for me is it brings me back to my mission in life and it gets me back in rhythm of, oh yeah, this is why I was created. It was to make a not just a positive influence on someone. But to make them successful. All the circumstances, the messiness of life gives me plenty of great opportunities to avoid that mission or for that to get muddied or unclear. But when I can stay firm to this is why I exist, all of those circumstances kind of just melt away. And I get back into the swing of this is why I exist. I get back into the swing of making an impact on people. And funny enough, it's what makes me happy in life. It's what makes me fulfilled. And so suddenly, whether a lot of money is coming into the business or not a lot of money, I find myself saying, man, life is so good. And life is so good. Because it was never those circumstances in the first place. It was my ability to live out my mission. So the question for you then, wherever you are in your life, what's your mission? What's your purpose? What's your why? You know, is it something that is making a positive difference for someone else? Or is it even when we talk about your mission, it's still just about you? It's like I talked to a guy, maybe, I don't know how long ago it was. He said, my mission is to make as much money as possible. And that was it. That was the end of the sentence. It wasn't, I want to make as much money as possible so that I can open this orphanage. And You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no, there was nothing after that. It was just my mission in life is to make as much money as possible. And I thought, you know, even as you think about the question, you're still missing it. What is your mission in life? That's going to leave this place better than we found it. That's going to leave a mark. That's going to create a legacy and not that, not that, you know, my name or your name or anyone's name is going to be, you know, written down in a history because it doesn't matter. But so that someone else, their life can be a little bit easier. They can be a little bit happier and beyond just happiness. They can have things that, that, that maybe we take advantage of each and every day. So I don't know about you. I feel pretty motivated to get out there and help some people And I hope, I hope you feel the same. The biggest crime you could commit against your value would be to fall into the trap of I'm just, I'm just me. What can I do? Because I read stories about like 10, 11 and 12 year olds who, you know, who go out and do these incredible things and, and they're nobodies. They're not like a, a child genius. They're nobodies. But they aspired and I think it's because the bitterness of life hadn't that bug hadn't bitten them yet. And so they're naive enough to not be cynical. But sometimes I think it does us a lot of good to remember what it was like to be a kid and dream and believe and and to recognize, man, the difference we can make. And I I think I'll end with this story. And I don't care how cliche, hokey, whatever. I I'm fully embracing it today because I, part of this is i'm I'm convincing myself. It's Blake, get back in the game. get in there. but but some of you listening today, you need this. You need to be told man. Get your head in the game. Get after it. Go make a difference. Do not lie to yourself about your value, but believe what you have to offer. And I'll end with this story. There was a story of a kid who he was uh, the tide had come in and then had gone out on this beach and it had washed all these starfish up on the beach and there were thousands, thousands of starfish on the beach. And this kid's walking along the beach and he's picking up these starfish and he's just, just slinging, just hurtling them back into the ocean just to get them back into water. And he's doing this and this, this older man's also walking down the beach and he sees this young kid doing this. And he's kind of, he's kind of annoyed at the kid. He's kind of like, what is this, what is this kid even doing? I mean, there's, there's thousands of these things out here. And so, the old man goes up to this kid and he says, "Hey, you know what? Are, what are you doing, man?" And he he says, "Well, I'm I'm trying to get these starfish back back into the ocean." And he's he's as he's saying this, you know, he's leaning down to pick up you know a starfish, and the old man is is kind of annoyed by this, and he says, "Well, you can't make a difference. I mean, you can't. There's thousands of these. It, what you're doing, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's still thousands. I mean, you." It, you can't possibly take care of all of these. You can't make a difference here. I mean, there's thousands of these. There's, they're all over the place. And the kid picks up this starfish and he again, hurls it out into the ocean and it, you know, <laughs> kerplunks into the water and he looks at the man and he says, it mattered for that one. And I've always loved that story. Cause sometimes when we think about making a difference, we think of if we're not impacting thousands Our work is meaningless. If you want to have a meaningful purpose, start with one person. There is someone in your life right now that you can make a difference with, that you can make an impact on. There's someone in your life, and in fact, I'd venture to guess there's people right now that you've impacted who you would never even know. There'd be people that you made a positive difference in, and And they just never told you, you know, or maybe they didn't even realize you made that impact on them just because people haven't told you, don't be misled in thinking you're meaningless. Your life's pointless, that you're not making a difference in people's lives. You know, if there's thousands of people just bumbling around in life, who's the one that you can make a difference for? Get out there and try your best to make that difference. Whatever your mission is, root it in that one person that you can make a positive difference with. Hey, if you enjoyed the episode, you can always email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I always respond to every email that comes in. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're a first-time listener, we update this podcast twice a week. We bring on guests occasionally who run their own businesses and get their perspective on life, business, leadership. As always, I appreciate the support and I will catch you next time. See ya.